and welcome to the Paranormal Tourists. My name is Tom Jordan. I will be your host this evening. And let me say, we're back, which is an incredibly, incredibly subtle reference to hit blockbuster movie Ghostbusters or possibly to Redacted, if that is a copyright issue. Um, <laughs> we are... We are recording here. And, uh, Even the seagull is laughing at you, Tom. you got to laugh out of a seagull. Seagull on cue to prove that we are indeed outside at a social distance, because that is the era in which we are recording this for you, and it is the reason why this is the first episode in a good long time that has seen us all in one place. Sat to my right, as ever, is Danny McGellan. Say hello, Danny. Hello, Danny. Yay! <laughs> I wanted to make that joke for months. It's an old one. Not a good one. No, no, just an old one. <laughs> and to my left, as far away as we can possibly get him, <laughs> is paranormal expert Ross Andrews. Bonjour! He's a, in fact, we're in Sussex and he's across the channel in France. <laughs> I will talk loudly so you can hear me. That's as far as we could, as far as we could get him. And well, and here we are. We may as well jump straight in. Uh, I know that those of you listening are going to have been saying for a long time, where is the research and information that has come from the tome known as Amazing Spooks and Mysteries by Peter Eldon. And I'd I forgotten can... that book. <laughs> <laughs> let me let, let me tell you, it's been it's been sitting on the shelf collecting dust, and here it is. <sighs> smells great. Smells like vaguely old book. 1992. It was published. Peter Eldon's great best work. One of my favourite books growing up. Is this your favourite Peter Eldon book out is. of the copious library that you have of Peter well, it, Eldon's work? And it, and it actually, let me tell you, it incorporates two. Two of his books, um, Amazing Ghosts and Ghouls and Amazing Mysteries and Phenomena. Uh, Bought off eBay, you can still find it. (laughs) So I've got a couple of little uh, chunks of information. The first one here is uh, a little tale entitled The Old Lady of the New Theatre. I've been looking at this book since the early 90s. I've only just said that out loud and got the sense of it being The Old Lady of the new theatre, hey? That's, that's genuinely pleased you. Yeah, you, you <laughs> I could tell. so happy. <laughs> very pleasing to say out loud. Okay. The ghost of an old lady is often seen in the royal box of the new theatre in Cardiff, Wales. As opposed to the other Cardiff. There might be another Cardiff. probably in America or something. <laughs> like Birmingham, Alabama. It's very There's different. not a Cardiff in very Birmingham, different. Alabama. Yeah. I can tell you that now. <laughs> Birmingham... <laughs> UK. Um, although I'm a big fan of Birmingham, so that's fine. Is this all written in the book? This is all. <laughs> this is all part of the story. He's very thorough, Peter Alden. We'll give him that. Sorry, Danny. Can I just ask you to <laughs> just keep it cool? Yeah. So now she usually appears to be searching for something. Then she walks down the stairs towards the stools at a matinee performance long ago. Oh wow! I've come in too chirpy on that. <laughs> let me let me step back. <laughs> At a matinee performance long ago, a woman was found dead (laughs) in the royal box. It is believed that it is her ghost that haunts the theatre. So, hang on, there was a matinee performance during which they found a woman dead? Yes. That that kind of implies that they sort of just went, oh, there's a woman's appeared dead. Or do we mean someone died during the performance? There aren't any additional details about about that. Your research this week is sketchy. (laughs) At best. At best. (laughs) So that's the first one. You can, you'll see a little bit of a theme forming here. So a brief story, but I think we'll all agree a good one. <laughs> uh, 
Well, so, it, it was a story. But I'm, I'm, story. <laughs> I'm drawing us into a little theme here that then we will drain paranormal expert Ross Andrews of his knowledge on. Okay. I feel drained already, Tom, but give me the second one. <laughs> oh, you see, I'm setting them up and <laughs> then someone has to reset them up and then someone can... And then edit them out later. <laughs> It's all gone. This is all going to be gone. None of this will make it into the final edit. Um, are we at 30 minutes yet? No, okay. <laughs> this one is entitled Ghost Performer. You see the theme coming here. Mm-hmm. During the performance of a play presented at a theatre in Wallington, Surrey, in 1973, many people in the audience were puzzled as to why one actor had remained in the shadows during the performance and had taken no active part in the proceedings. To be fair, I know a lot of actors that can <laughs> struggle to find the light on stage. This puzzled the producer even more if he had not cast any such actor in his play. Furthermore, the doorway in which people saw the man standing did not even exist. Okay, I mean, I'm Sorry, the, I'm the, the resident... Sorry, the didn't... Yeah, I'm the resident so we, we've skeptic got, here. we've got a ghost okay, door. Sure, okay. Is ghost that what door. we're saying? Yeah, wow, ghost, door. ghost cows okay. we've had before. Ghost, door. ghost sheep. Ghost dogs, and now we've got a ghost door. Ghost door. The ghost appeared on subsequent evenings, and 24... Sounds like a prank. The ghost appeared on subsequent evenings, and 24 people from four performances said they saw him. Everyone who described him said he was dressed in 16th century clothing. I'm going to admit... Audience-wise, that's big numbers if it was Edinburgh. 24 people 24 over four people. shows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed that 24 people described him as specifically being in 16th century cl- He was in 16th century clothing. You sure? Yes. Sure it's not se- early 17th? No. no. Not late 15th? I'm categorically certain. Only one more sentence. Let me... Just hold on, Danny. <laughs> but who the man was, and why he wanted to take part in the performance... Remains a mystery. To be fair, it sounds like an actor really desperate to get themselves on stage. And I find <laughs> just that hanging around. He, he I, just needed something for his CV. I that find year. that, frankly, more conceivable than it being a ghost actor and ghost door. But okay, there we are. Well, paranormal export, Ross Andrews. Well, no, no. The problem is you come up export. with ghost actors, which we've kind of covered in a theatre that will hopefully do a ghost hunt in October uh, for Halloween night at the Playhouse Theatre, go back, listen to previous episodes, where you even get the manager from the theatres on one of our previous episodes he telling is. us that story. Yes, mm. um, We've had that. What was, the f- what was the first one? What was the... first one was the lady in the royal box. Oh, that was just the- a lady died at the theatre. That's all I got yeah. from that. Look, Danny, I'm presenting, <laughs> I'm presenting what I brought here. You know, it's, so what... It's, it's, is she a ghost? I can't remember whether you said so she... Or just so a woman died in a theatre. <laughs> a woman so, once died. I mean, let... We've all died doing a matinee, I'm, I'm, Tom. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> some of us more than others. That's my MO. Um, I'm going to come in here with, you know, first of all, my my sceptical opinion and say, there's no ghost. There's no ghost in the box. At that particular We're talking the dead lady one. However, allegedly, so allegedly there's a lady who died in the box, or was found dead in the box at that theatre, and then she's appeared, appeared as a ghost there. Uh, and then additionally, the second one was about a ghost actor appearing on stage. So, so it's something we've covered, the different occurrences. Um, but it just, it's interesting that this is one, I think, that comes up as a sort of repeat. A ghost the- A theatre thing seems to be... Yeah, no, I agree. So I appreciate, obviously, this is, this is a subject matter that's come up before. And in some ways, that's, that's kind of why I thought it was interesting to reapproach in the same way that there are lots and lots of different sort of hauntings and sightings of black shuck style 
dogs. Oh, there. Have we, have we covered black shucks by any chance in the last God knows how many episodes? Every single episode we come up against now. Please don't ever come up with another black shucks yeah. story. Yeah. Ever. Which Maybe actually reminds me, I've got an additional story, story about, about no, no, you're fine. phantom dog. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, there's those two. There's ones we've had in the past. I recall being on stage at the Festival Theatre in Edinburgh. Just about remember what that was. And there's a plaque at the side of the stage that talks about a fire. And there were at, at the theatre some time ago. And that sort of leads to a tale hidden somewhere about a man in a top hat that appears. There's the Everyman Theatre in Cheltenham, which I think maybe we we probably discussed in that. Yeah, we've done that. Yeah, I mean, one thing: if you're making up ghost stories, and actors tend to get very drunk and tell each other stories and want to outdo each other's stories, so half of the theatre ghost stories, you kind of have to go. Okay, I can see. You can tra- trace it back and see where the story started, and then you can see all the bolted-on extra characters and things like that mm. that happen until you've got this so- whole song and dance show going on with the ghost. So it could be like you've got a story, woman dies in a theatre, somebody has seen a ghost, they then stick those two things together. And then it'll be, oh, the woman died. I was doing a show and this woman died during the matinee and she collapsed in the, and, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And when you actually look at the story, you'll get something like... A woman who worked at the theatre or something like that had a heart attack. Yeah. And that was it. And a ghost has been seen, and then the two get equated together. And so, it, without more information, not saying that Amazing Spooks and Mysteries has not given us so much <laughs> over the years. It's, like, it's just the gift that keeps on it is. giving. Yeah. And the second one was Surrey. Was that right? That was Surrey, yeah. That was, that was Wallington. We in have, Surrey in we've had quite a few Surrey spooks in the last few episodes. There was one Betchworth Castle, if I remember Betchworth. rightly, with Lord Hope. Lord Hope. Uh, who has a distinct lack of it after killing a burglar, <laughs> or which turned out to or be his, his son. son. Yes. <laughs> I think about, there was lots of things about theatres, isn't there? But they're sort of places of atmosphere. For anyone who's been backstage at a theatre, they tend to be, even if there's a show going on, they tend to be quite creepy kind of atmosphere. It's lots of sort of winding, dark corridors. They're places where there's a lot of different light effects going on so the chances of seeing something shadowy or well, somebody stood up to go to the toilet and it looking like what, a shadow is, is a one theory is that the building is full of people because for example if you're watching a show and it's set in a big castle or something like that obviously you haven't got a big castle on the stage mm. you've got something that represents it and the audience are constantly using their imagination suspending their disbelief and the theory because everybody in there is constantly using their imagination and trying to sort of picture things it kind of creates some form of this is explaining magic with magic again I know, uh, some form of creative energy so that when somebody else comes in there it's almost like that battery is fully charged already. <laughs> by Duracell. Yes, uh, and so it's easier to see that spook. In the same way that theory applies to pups. And I know we try and crowbar in as much science as we can. Via the science snake. We'll let them loose in the building. As much <laughs> inverted commas. But from a tourist point of view in Surrey trying to get onto a point where we can suggest places for people to go to during this lurgy lockdown we have mentioned a few we mentioned Betchworth Castle there is that's an odd one if I can remember rightly it's Dorking Graveyard which is a headless horse rider Dorking Graveyard and there's quite a few headless horse stories around there now that one I know I've got it in my head, it says a headless horse rider. Now, I'm not sure if that's a headless horse with a rider or a headless rider of a horse. Maybe they're both headless. So, every, yeah, could be legless, the witnesses that saw it for all I know. <laughs> there is 
I think it's a town called Ewell, E-W-E-L-L, so I'm assuming that's Ewell. You can go to the churchyard of St. Mary the Virgin. I'm assuming there's only one St. Mary's in Ewell, and it's not that there are St. Mary's the Virgin and St. Mary puts it about a bit, I don't know. <laughs> but um, you might find the ghosts of plague victims uh, who are supposed to stalk the graveyard there. So if you want to avoid the plague... I just realised I've gone out of sequence and I've stopped Danny giving us an amazing That's link fine. That's okay. You're from a theatre spook to her yeah. story you're, of the week you're, you're commenting the wind has picked up it's almost like the storm is coming the storm is coming I don't, I don't know what you might have that could top what I've just presented to you in but terms of detail you have to link it to well I'm looking forward to the link. I haven't heard a link for quite a while. As always, little to no actual research. And I'm just thinking on my feet. However, uh, speaking of a good story, which those two purport to be, um, (laughs) I... Those two could have been. (laughs) Those two could have been. Uh, The possibilities were endless, and you narrowed them down to... To less. Um, yeah, to much less than possible. <laughs> I just, I'm, I, I don't know what to say. As for just... great paranormal stories, I was watching a documentary a couple of weeks ago. Was it strange but true? Sadly, it didn't. <gasps> my ball. Although, do you know what I did watch recently? In fact, I'm going to change. Yeah, we're talking about a great story. I'm, I'm abandoning it. Michael Aspel, that's my focus. <laughs> Always has been. Um... <laughs> There was a, a programme in the 90s. Was it the 90s? Yes, it was. Where they set up, and it was something like Ghost Watch. Ghost Watch, yeah. Well, it was called Ghost Watch. Yeah. I'm sure we've and talked about Ghost Watch before, surely. And it was surely. based on the haunting of... Enfield. Enfield. Enfield, yeah. Enfield haunting. And, or was it the Enfield? No. Yeah, it it, it's just, loosely it based. It's based on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We were watching that. And actually, what my research was, um, was about the creepypasta story about Slenderman. Slenderman? Slenderman. 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 Ian Slenderman. Creepypasta um, about Harold Slenderman. (laughs) He was a uh, post office worker. No, he... um, No, he wasn't anyone. Slenderman (laughs) was a creature that someone had sort of brought out of his... Rear, um, Made as up. a sketch, yeah. Made up. Uh, but Ghost Watch was also. Oh, I've got a link. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of good stories, <laughs> so there's the Ghost Watch that was a good story that was presented on TV, and lots of people thought it was real. And then on Creepy Pasta, they wrote about Slenderman, which people, which two teenage girls thought was so mm. real, they stabbed their friend almost to death. To please Slenderman. Slenderman! That's not funny. Slenderman! No, I didn't say it was. I'm not. I mean, I didn't start this by saying, let me tell you something hilarious. Tom, are you claiming this is a humorous podcast? (laughs) A serious scientific weekly podcast? I know know what's happened. I know for certain it's gone completely out of my control. (laughs) (laughs) But what I find interesting is those two were made up, but based on, obviously, for example, the Enfield haunting. And having watched recently. It's in the... Um, Are you saying the Slender Man was based on the Enfield Haunting? No. Okay. No, that was separate. That's separate. I'm abandoning that link. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Enfield what? Haunting... I don't know why even the link was now. <laughs> no. Um, I think it was a good story. Oh, okay. Right, okay, okay. The... Oh, what was the series? And it had Ed and Lorraine Warren. Uh, conjuring, conjuring. Conjuring series. And it was part of that. And they went to the Enfield... I think it was the Conjuring Conjuring two. film series. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the Conjuring 2, they dealt with the Enfield Hauntings. And one of the things... I will see Ed and Lorraine... 
only actually visited the one time and not for very long, if I remember rightly. Uh, yeah, it was mostly Mor- Morris Gross, I think his name was. Yes, was, yeah. yes expertly played by... Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall, what a guy. He's not in my class balls league, but he's, um, he's up there. Um, and it, there's been a suggestion that actually they were forced to do that and we then watched another documentary which was British made um, which didn't feature Ed and Lorraine Warren where they delved into the hole they were asked to they was that a documentary or was it the docudrama oh yeah that was another starring Timothy Spall and <laughs> have we yet again oh, gone yeah. from Danny's research <laughs> into something that actually she's made up it Matthew McFadden without realising Matthew McFadden yeah the guy who was in Spooks in the first series as Tom he's easy on the eye and uh, <laughs> and that's your story that for the week. Where I'm at. So <laughs> folks. Just in case you tuned in to uh, discover anything about the paranormal, we will be with Ross Andrews. <laughs> no, paranormal I think expert. What my point was. Any I think. I think what my point was was that that Enfield haunting. The implication was that they had to to pretend that she was making some of the stuff up to try and get the guy back. Morris uh, uh, Gross, Gross. yeah, yes, and therefore, and I find it interesting the whole sort of stranger than fiction aspect, where, for example, in horror films, they they change what blood actually looks like because it wouldn't look realistic, as it were. Yeah, yeah, it's often darker on screen. Yeah, yeah. And with the paranormal, I find it quite interesting that maybe there's a story that gets changed because the truth would be too out there. Yeah, well, you say that about Enfield. Janet, who is the main subject, the things that happened to, she maintains to, to this day that it ruined her life, but it did happen. Yeah. Uh, and they had, like with all these things, they, the, the, the legend, as it were, is that perhaps they made it up to get rehoused and all this kind of stuff and brought in the newspapers. But the, the police, the newspaper reporters, I think the BBC as well, every single one of them still stands by what they saw and said, if they were somehow scamming them, they have no idea how. It's, it's that police report that makes me it's sort of the most compelling. Cause she should think, have why had, like, would they damage, shouldn't she, for the voices that oh, were The difficulty in, in actually creating that voice, mm-hmm. yeah. And she did it when she had water in her mouth, and um, and then that police officer saw the chair moving across the room. Well, the, the reporters got hit by Lego. The trouble now is that it's so much myth is camera it's like the amateurville for example there's so much yeah. legend and myth that's built around it that you can't really investigate it again because you're going back to something that is already something in people's heads if mm. that makes sense mm. and the witnesses half them dead the other half ended up being mentally ill from it <laughs> and so and so it's like well there are no witnesses that you could speak to that can be trusted as with most paranormal investigations they're not necessarily led by scientists. And certainly back then, where there was a distinct lack of equipment, so the audio recordings are like tape-to-tape recorders and all that kind of thing. Tape-to-tape, reel-to-reel. <laughs> so you're looking at old tapes that you can't sort of analyse very well because of the background hiss and noises and all that kind of stuff. Whereas with digital equipment now, you can... Like we have now, we've got a whole bunch of things sat around this table so that we can, if we lose a recording on one thing, we can do it on another. But if a noise was to happen next to you, for example, it would appear louder on your recorder. So we can analyse that on a digital format and go, oh, we can actually do some science here and we can work out where that noise came from. None of that existed. So you were working with a bunch of people that had their own belief systems. And certainly, um, is it Morris? I think that he, his wife had died. Daughter. and daughter. daughter had died. Sorry, it's not his wife. It's, yeah, his daughter had died and was 
deeply grieving, but he had this need, really, to understand that you, when you died, there was something afterwards. So you can see that could easily totally ruin any evidence he got because he's clutching at straws and belief systems. I think that's so. one of the reasons why, even as the self-proclaimed sceptic, I'm just slightly wary sometimes of how I feel in terms of scepticism because I, I'm, I'm really aware that there are a lot of people, for, for, for them, this whole interest in the paranormal comes from a sort of subconscious it's a need, need yeah. to to know that there's something and else. it'll give you cognitive bias in the fact that you will find what you're looking for the arguments against the enfield ones is did they find something because they were desperately in looking for this particular thing? it doesn't look as though they did it looks like they found some genuine paranormal activity even that seagull agrees yeah um <laughs> <laughs> or he's laughing at our theories. <laughs> but no, it, it, there is a lot of very good uh, material out there on that. And the book, This House is Haunted, I think it, it was called, that he wrote about the investigation, goes into a lot more in-depth stuff about the evidence they found and why they found it and what experiments they set up. The problem you'll get is that, say, one person will say, oh, well, they made up X, Y, Z. And they go, well, if they made that up, the whole thing's fake. Mm. But you're dealing with kids well they'll make something up because the newspapers have come round and they're finding it interesting and so yeah they will fake something because sure. they think they're supposed to because you've come round to see them to do that story yeah but and the Janet people who went did say didn't she that maybe 10 percent of it was made yeah, up yeah yeah, yeah yeah to get the people into the, the, the reason those people are there is because something genuinely interesting has happened those kids didn't know that if they messed around and did this then people would come along and newspaper reporters would be there and so on so you kind of have to look at the first instances of things rather than necessarily when everything's going a bit manic and you've got newspaper reporters everywhere. You could easily prove things now because you would have just set cameras up. You would have mm. set yeah. equipment everywhere. And so the problem with looking back at an old case like that is you're judging it with the modern eyes, as it were, and you say, well, why didn't they just do this? And you go, because that piece of equipment didn't exist. Mm. Or that recorder would have set them back, like the video camera, would have set them back £5,000. <laughs> and you know, that's why they didn't film it and that's why they don't have any evidence but it is well documented but you do have to read it with, with the idea that perhaps they were going into that investigation trying to prove that life existed after you died because they were desperate to prove that see there was a story in in my round that we squeezed out of that. <laughs> <laughs> no i have full respect for that i'm 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 completely aware that my gold dust findings within amazing speaks i've now turned to dust always <laughs> always develop into the highest quality in semi-scientific discussion Not i quite. use i use the term semi-scientific <laughs> very very loosely i think now, i'm gonna i'm gonna link it again in the direction of <laughs> paranormal expert ross andrews who who is i'm going to say lumbered with the, task the of dubious honour of linking to whatever research with actual substance he has yeah. um, on the table today. <laughs> now, I was going to say he's Enfield in Surrey. It's not, it's in Essex, uh, isn't it? Or, is London. It, but, yeah, but it's it's on a train line with Surrey Keys. Can that be a link? Yes, I think. Absolutely. I'm not entirely sure. I might be completely wrong on that, but... Um, That's sort <laughs> of trying only to link more all exciting of in, a, in, a, in a weird, chaotic kind of way. Right, uh, OK. Help? How about, how about, how about... Box Hill, which is in Surrey, there are ghosts on near the summit of Box Hill. No, near the river. Oh, something like this where there are 
weary pilgrim ghosts, is what I've been told, that look like they've been pushed over because they stumble on the stepping stones. So it could be a poltergeist has pushed them over oh. on the stepping stones that cross the river mole or mule mole, something like that around there. So is that a link? I'd say, yeah, I mean, it, to be honest... It's forced, well, I mean, uh, and I'd that is in Surrey, linking Surrey and the poltergeists, okay. and that is at Box Hill, but there's also a phantom rider phantom of a horse. Rider, not of a Enfield poltergeist no. motorbike. No. <laughs> and we have talked about quite a few Surrey places. I'm trying to think of places that people can go to. And sorry, so Box Hill has several stories about Box Hill. One is the pilgrims stumbling over stepping stones near their crossing of the river. There is a phantom rider on a horse that goes around. I can't remember if he's headless or not. Does it have a head? That's my main question. Does the horse have a head? I think that one has, but I'm trying to remember because there's a few phantom headless ghosts that are on horses. So I can't remember if that one has a head or not, or whether the horse has a head or whether the rider has a head. Is but there is also... There's another one. There's an head. experiment I think you can do head up there because there is a grave of Major Peter... L and I'm trying to remember how to pronounce this, La Belliere, and he roams around the summit of Box Hill, and he was buried there, and he was buried upside down. He Why? It was in his will that he wanted to be buried upside down. I can't remember why. Is this some kind of... There's a vague story, and I don't think it's the same one, but someone wanted to be upside down so that people could, like, kiss his ass. Is it that kind of... Is it like a... I don't know. This Although is, if he's a major, I feel like... This is maybe a dream you've had, I don't it know. It might be, yeah. Maybe it's something I've decided. But he wanders around up on the on the summit, and I think brandishing a sword or something like that as well. Oh. So you can head up there, but there's a gravestone in that area that you've got to find that's his gravestone, and it's one of those, like, if you circle it three times and mm. howl at the moon and all that kind of stuff, then he should appear if you say the word Candyman three times and something whilst shoving a broom in your ear. I don't know. Uh, but there's um, a weird ritual that you can do. <laughs> I do know another one that's in a park that... And I'm trying to remember where in Surrey? That uh, No, no, that's not Surrey. No, that, that, I'm going to go off on a completely different one there. There's a castle ghost, Guildford Castle, that's Surrey. Guildford, okay, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, fantastic. We have uh, a woman in a long dress, Victorian-type dress, that strolls around the grounds. So you can kind of head to the grounds of that and wander around. That's Surrey. There is Headless Ghost. Another Headless... Ah, this is it. This is why I think Surrey has so many headless things. Henry VIII killing... Beheading Thomas More? That's right, he did, didn't he? Yes. And his headless ghost is seen in the grounds of Bay Baynard's, Baynard's Park. There's two ghosts here. Baynard's Park and Loosely Park. Loosely Park has a ghost of a woman in brown that visits Baynard's Park because it's possibly visiting the ghost of Thomas More who had his head chopped off and he's seen stumbling around in the grounds of that park. There we go. Ta -da! That was seamless. very weird. Absolutely <laughs> I, I can also throw in, I'm looking for details for it right now, but I can also throw in uh, that I know that there is also a ghost tour of Guildford. Yes, there is. Yes. Because somebody, I, it, it appears, I think it must be somebody I know that runs the ghost tour, but, but friend, friends of mine who live in the area have certainly been doing a lot of, a lot of posting so you, about you, it. So you got a tale of Surrey... Throwing me the Surrey link, knowing somebody who does a ghost walk, <laughs> and uh, sat there watching me struggling <laughs> to somehow come up with Surrey ghosts, and then you just pull out a phone and go, oh, "I got a mate who does these." I, 
I thanks for that, Tom. Definitely. And in, on that bombshell, inspired by your struggle. Oh, is that the band coming in? Is that the band coming to relieve me from my, this pain? So, I feel like having drawn us to that point. Well, let's, let's, let's sum up. Where can we go? We can't go to the theatre in Surrey. You can't go to the theatre in Surrey. So, so for those of you who are interested in finding out the ghost tour of Guildford, we can we can link it on our Facebook page. It, it happen- we? we can link. It, I think we can link it on our Facebook page. It, it happens on a regular basis. The probably the best way to find it is to is to go to Facebook, jump on Facebook, and look up the ghost tour of Guildford. They do sell tickets for it. I love that. The best way to find it is to sit through half an hour of us faffing (laughs) and then then we tell you the address to go somewhere else. Have a look. Um, We shall link that on our Facebook page. We will share it on our Facebook page. You can find us on um, there and you can also find us on um, Twitter and I believe it's Paratourist but I will fact check We're so well prepared. We've been away for four or five months recording in separate places. You'd think we would have done some actual yes. work <laughs> the time we get together. At Paratourist on Twitter and the Paranormal... And hold on, hold on. At... At Paratourist. Para... And Paranormal Tourists on Facebook. So, summing up, we can't go to the theatre, but we can go to Surrey. But you can go to Surrey. And we've talked about Betchworth Castle, which is in Surrey, about Lord Hope. You can go to that one. We've talked about, I think it's Baynards Park and Loosley Park, where you can see ghosts walking backwards and forwards. Ewell, with the Church of St. Mary the Virgin and the Plague Victims. Those are all ones you can go to. And and Guildford Castle, and a Guildford And you can check out... The ghost tour of Guildford, which we will we will link share the page of. We will link on tourist. the paranormal tourists, which you can find on Facebook. We will also put information wherever we can on at paratourist on Twitter. That's us as well. Shortened down to make a catchy catchy at tag. Sorry, Tom, I didn't quite hear you because there's some music playing. Can you not hear that? I can hear oh, it. Amidst, uh, amidst the sound of the seagulls. And what's the... bizarre is they can't kick us out of the studio. Why are they pushing us out of your garden? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's particularly <laughs> awkward. I think I'm going to have to send a, send a complaint to their manager, but it does feel like that probably wearily draws us towards the point at which it is time for us to say bye-bye. Goodbye! 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 Goodbye. 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 Goodb